at SFM Radio and at Stephen Grutus on Twitter. Well, over the last few years, we've all become aware of fraudsters and criminals moving money around and how they use the banking system to do it. Remember when it emerged how the Guptas were using banks to move over 7 billion rand out of the country? Just in the last few months, there have been ramifications from that Al Jazeera documentary about gold, about how gold is moved around as a form of currency to help criminals move money without declaring it. The organization in our country, which is supposed to stop all of this from happening, it monitors uh, this kind of thing, is the Financial Intelligence Center. Christopher Malan is the Executive Manager at the Compliance and Prevention Unit at the FIC. Christopher, good morning and thanks so much for your time this morning. Good morning to you and thank you for the invitation. How do you monitor where money is moving? How do you know if Stephen Curtis is moving a billion rand and paying it to him dues account? Well, it, it, um, it is monitored from, from various perspectives, but in order to deal with the monitoring question, we have to deal with the framework. And I think that is where many people uh, need to be um, just advised how the framework actually works. So in South Africa, we have the situation where every business, and this is important uh, for you and your listeners, every business has an obligation to file a suspicious transactional or activity report with the FIC. And um, we've been trying to just ensure the general public is aware of this quote-unquote whistleblowing provision, which says that if you're in a business and uh, you come across or are being asked to participate in a suspicious transaction, you um, must report that if you believe it's suspicious to the Financial Intelligence Center, and we will then evaluate it and give you an instruction to halt the uh, transaction or not. Uh, if we believe we need to follow it up urgently um, with uh, the law enforcement agencies to seek whether we can freeze the transaction. So um, this raises the second issue, uh, and Stephen, the stopping ability of the FIC is exceptionally muted. Uh, we, we cannot stop um, um, transactions on the preventative side. We do have a mechanism that once the general public or the banks or anyone else reports to us a suspicious activity, we can evaluate that and then immediately get the asset forfeiture unit on board and um, put a freeze on the transaction. If the transaction is going through a, a, a financial institution, if it's not going through a financial institution, it's a bit difficult, you would have to then inquire which financial institution is facilitating the deal. Once we have that information, you can then can contact that institution and say, well, we believe uh, we, uh, there is suspicious activity pending. Kindly place a hold on that transaction. And we have 10 days under law to, to go to court and, and freeze and, uh, those funds from, from, from moving from A to B. I mean, it's all about the banks, right? They have to report it to you. And we've seen in instances where people can make hundreds, thousands of payments very quickly. So there's a lot to look at. Yes, South Africa is no different. You see, as, as we have moved closer and become more intertwined with the global economy and uh, the excellent payment systems in South Africa, money can move very rapidly um, in and out of the country and within the country. Um, so, to a large extent, yes, insofar as it deals with a payment domestically or a payment from South Africa outward or inward, uh, our banking uh, banks would be involved. But I do not want to underplay the first issue which I raised earlier, 
that every business in South Africa, in fact, has the um, moral and legal obligation to notify us should they depart a, a participant to questionable transactions. There have been at least least two cases, Christopher, that I'm aware of recently where a person was able to pay off someone in the IT department in a bank to delete transactions. I mean, if that happens, I mean, that must make it impossible for you or anyone else to track where money went. Someone could, you know, the IT guy could sort of, you know, someone could make the transaction, the IT guy could delete it minutes later. Yes, and 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 that um, um, unfortunate activity can happen in any uh, um, institution. Really, if you think about it, uh, so um, that's an issue. Which, if if we just talk about um, um, institutions subject to the Financial Action Task Force requirements and and replicated through our Financial Intelligence Centre Act, um, that is a vulnerability which was pointed out to us. We needed to close that gap to ensure that institutions that hire people and hire people that then work in, in, in sensitive areas where they are able to control or manage payment flows or alternatively take on board clients, they should be screened for competency and for integrity. And flowing into that, we issued very recently a, a directive to all our financial institutions to kindly undertake such such screening exercise of all their clients, um, not all the clients, all the employees on a vulnerability basis, a risk-based basis, as they determine who are client-facing mm-hmm. or who are systems um, you know, facilitating uh, employees to ensure that they at least um, put in place steps to, to prevent that from happening. There are other ways to move money around. I mean, we've seen the, the Zimbabwe Gold documentary on Al Jazeera. A car dealerships, for example, you could buy a car, um, you know, pay cash for it, move that car somewhere else and sell it, you know, in the country or outside the country. No one would ever know. And you could almost use a car as currency. How difficult is that for you, car dealerships? Car dealerships, um, uh, this is a very interesting phenomenon, and and, um, they are an exceptionally high risk in the South African financial system. Under the FATF methodology, uh, car dealers per se are not regarded vulnerability you know, as a vulnerable sector, nor a vulnerable uh, commodity. But in South Africa, the dynamics work otherwise. And and we have been able to register with us uh, a huge amount of, of um, motor vehicle dealers. And we must say to their credit, and we've been supervising them very intensively as the FIC, they have really come to the party. In the last financial year, Stephen, they have reported to us uh, 16, nearly 17,000 transactions where cash was utilized, handed to them or, or placed into their bank account for motor vehicle um, deals. And, and they have reported suspicious transactions to us um, 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 where, where um, there's close to uh, 17,000 you know, suspicious transactions to us and 19,000 cash transactions um, have been going through the books um, and we, we tend to find that where there's criminality in South Africa, there are two touch points. The criminals, alleged criminals, go and buy property and they go and buy luxury vehicles. Uh, and, and, and you're right, they become then the commodities um, in the crime-fighting space. They're called instrumentalities um, of crime because they uh, receive the proceeds. And uh, they are then um, assets that we look for and go and attach where we can. 
Is it, I mean, difficult to do that? It must be very difficult to enforce and, and monitor the movement of money like that. Do you even have enough resources to monitor car dealerships? Well, car dealerships, um, as I said, they are in the net. So they have been, uh, according to our statistics, they have uh, really upped their game. And, uh, you know, there are two types of car dealers, like in anything. There are those that want to comply and those that do the utmost uh, to do the minimal or not comply. Obviously, we are working with the Industry Association and we have a very strong relationship over 10 years working with them where we are seeking to ensure that everybody in the industry does the right thing. If they're not sure, still report it to us and we will follow it up. What we tend to see is that there are recipients. You might have one person, it could be a foreigner, uh, or it could be a South African that tends to buy motor vehicles on a very regular basis, which just not uh, match their profile or ought not to match their profile. And those are the sort of markers we look for. Over and above that, we obviously um, are aware of of, um, um, uh, targets that we are looking for in the wider um, 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 issue. So if we have a procurement issue, for example, if we have a procurement theft issue, we would know who are the players that are involved, and then we would inquire with the uh, motor vehicle dealers, do you have these clients on mm. your books and have you reported them to us? And we will also do the check on our side. So we are able through a very, um, uh, um, uh, um, uh, how can I say, systematic process to start to take steps to make the linkages between uh, personalities or entities and, and questionable assets mm. um, that, that uh, has been fulfilled been facilitated through the proceeds of crime. Christopher Milland, thank you. Really appreciate the time. Nice to hear from you as well on this. From the Financial Intelligence Centre, the Executive Manager of the Compliance and Prevention Unit.